Hello, hello, and welcome to the Big Hearted Podcast. My name is Victoria Edmund, and I am your host. Our aim here at the Big Hearted Podcast is to nurture a community of heart-centred educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in Australia and ultimately around the world. We want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here on the Big Hearted Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, I am wanting to talk a little bit about personal responsibility in your role as a family daycare educator. Uh, This comes up or comes to light on the back of the regulatory changes that are about to come into place on the 1st of October 2023. Now, what has happened is that there has been a number of people message me and comment on some of the um, uh, commentary that I've done on these changes And it's become apparent that there's a few of you that don't know where to access information that is very pertinent to the role that you perform as a family daycare educator. It seems as though there's a few people or a lot of people or a large number of you who rely solely on your service to provide you with updated information. And I think that needs to change personally. uh, Yes, it's your service's job to inform you of changes, but it is not their job to keep you updated on everything. There are things that you as an educator can do to empower yourself to know what's going on. If there is somebody, a builder, for example, who runs their own business, uh, is maybe they contract to another builder, it's their responsibility to know the regulations under which they operate. It's their responsibility to know all facets of the business that they run. It is their responsibility to do that. And family daycare is no different. You are in an agreement with a family daycare provider and it is the approved provider's job to ensure that they are training you in their policies, that they are training you on the procedures that they want you to do within their business. But it is also the approved provider's responsibility to ensure that your their policies, that's their job. It's all around the policies. It's not necessarily their job to let you know of changes that are coming up in any other capacity other than to say there's a new policy out or there's an update in the policy or we want feedback on a policy. Beyond that, the onus is on you, the educator, to know about your tax, know about your insurance, know about your um, 
like compliance certificates and whatnot that need to be uh, redone. Like it's it's not the approved provider or your service's responsibility to remind you of these things. It's the approved provider and service's responsibility to ensure you don't work without them. So I hear a lot of times that educators want to be responsible for their own businesses and they want to have a bit more ownership and um, autonomy over their business. Yet some of these people are the ones that are messaging me or making comments on social media that show they do not know even where to access the information regarding the new regulations that are coming up. So I'm going to give you a loving spray today. (laughs) There's no other way to put it. Um, And I'm also going to share the reasons why that this is really important for you to be all over and to be understanding your requirements and the role that you play. Uh, So because you are now mentioned and can be fined uh, and given compliance within the regulations, that hasn't happened before, but that is a recent addition this year, I believe it was. My memory is a little bit hazy around when that actually came in, but you, the educator, are now mentioned and can be um, liable for fines. If your service provider has done the right thing and has been able to document where Uh, they've taught you policies and then you have not retained that information or you have maybe willingly gone against those policies thinking that it doesn't really matter and something goes wrong and you get caught and if the department does an investigation and finds that the approved provider has done everything reasonable within their control and power to ensure you are uh, aware of what is required then the onus falls on you. And I feel like there's plenty of educators out there who don't take that responsibility seriously enough. Uh, So let's get into how you can go about empowering yourself and uh, being clear on what's required for you because I, you know, For me, the way my brain works, I need to know the reason why behind something. And I know there's probably educators out there who work with a service and they ask their service a question. And this is not picking on anybody whatsoever. This happens in every business, like every business I've ever worked in. I have this ability to go in and to see the holes in the bucket and see where systems don't work and see where you know, there's there's issues. And so me being me, I straight away front up, you know, I don't do it in the first day. It might be, you know, two or three or four months down the track, but I certainly approach my superiors and say, hey, are you aware that this is happening and because that's happening, this and this is happening? If we did it like this, that won't actually happen anymore and it's going to save time, it's going to save money, it's going to be more efficient blah, 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 blah. Now I've met and worked with some people who have been like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Yes, let's try that, see how it works. Oh, that worked really well. Fantastic. And I've also worked with people who feel threatened by that, 
will not engage in conversation. It's been done the way it's been done since Jesus was a baby and we are not moving from that. Uh, If you don't like it, go elsewhere. So, of course, I don't like it. (laughs) So I've gone elsewhere and worked in places where I have felt valued and where my ideas have been appreciated. Now, I know there's some educators that are stuck in positions with people or services and provider approved providers who may not have that open growth mindset. That's okay. That If that works for them, that's totally cool. And there are, I will caveat that to say that there are some circumstances where the approved provider is not going to ask for feedback from you. They're just going to have to implement something and put it into place. They may come and ask you down the track for a bit of feedback as to how that's working, but at not all times is it appropriate or applicable for an approved provider to ask for feedback on certain things because at the end of the day, the approved provider is completely and utterly responsible for things that happen within their service and they have to be comfortable with the level of risk that they allow to happen within their service, all right? So sometimes you'll find that you're with a service and they have things in place and they operate in a particular way because there's been things that have happened in the past and they don't want to repeat those things. So we've had some instances in our business uh, where we've had an investigation because a child was allegedly bitten by a dog and that was a very painful and uncomfortable situation for myself for the family, for the child, and for that educator. We've learnt from that and have put things in place that I'm not ready to revisit yet. So that and the information and the learning that I got from the department, that the the part of the department that investigated it, uh, told me about active supervision, what they expect active supervision to be around animals. And that is an animal being on a lead and having a purposeful part of the program in there, not just wandering around in the space unencumbered and, you know, uh, that is not classed as active supervision. So it's just very, it is a, there is a level of awareness and understanding that you need to have towards the approved provider uh, and, They have things the way they have things for a reason, but then there are some that just don't. They're just stuck in a mindset or maybe they're they're not willing to move for whatever reason, whatever. But that doesn't stop you empowering yourself. And, in fact, I think you should do that first as the first port of call before you even raise questions with your approved provider. You should know what is happening within our profession and you should be engaging and looking at ways that you can keep informed. So first and foremost, it's really important that an educator knows their role inside and out. So with the recent changes about collection of fees and proving evidence of the collection of fees and that sort of thing, it was astounding the amount of educators who didn't understand why their service was collecting, uh, requiring them to prove their or provide bank details if they weren't collecting fees. 
two sides to that. Why is the service not sharing that information? Because that's a change in policy. They should be putting that information out. Maybe the service was. Maybe the educator isn't reading their emails. Who runs a business, a sole trader business, and doesn't daily check their emails? Daily. Because you don't know what comes in. You don't know what's being requested, what's being required to be provided for further evidence for the Department of Education on certain things. We've just had an email where they're requesting evidence of our educators who are studying. So I I need to be able to provide that. If I've sent an email and I've got an educator that doesn't respond for three days, it's really annoying because I check my emails multiple multiple times a day. Uh, As a business provider, you should be checking yours at least daily. Get into that rhythm, get into that habit, create the time and space because that is a part of your business that you need to apply practices to, your own practices. You have to be self-motivated in these types of things. So checking your email every single day should be one of the first things you do so that you can then respond to things in a timely manner. Uh, because the department, when when the department sends an email, they, they expect a response. It's not appropriate for me to not respond for three or four days and then have, have the department follow me up. Like, it's not okay. Uh, if I had other customers, families contacting me, would you be happy if I didn't respond to them? If I just didn't respond to family phone calls and questions and things like that, you would be right up in my grill going, um, Victoria, <laughs> I had a family has asked questions about their fees or asked questions about changing days or whatever it is. They sent you an email four days ago. You haven't got back to them. Like you would be annoyed. And the same thing needs to happen back for your approved provider or your coordinator. If they send you an email, you need to action it. And I'm not saying drop everything, stop watching the children and go and action it. But I'm certainly saying make yourself a note and action it by close of business that day. Whatever time your close of business is, that is your responsibility. That is part of your role is to be communicative as a business owner with another service that you're in agreement with. So you have to understand your role. You really have to understand that you are running your business and because you are running your business, the onus lies on you to be doing these things and to be looking at the administrative tasks that are required as part of your role. Now, In saying that, some services will be asking a lot. They will ask a lot of their educators. And I also think on the other side of that, educators have a right to ask why. (laughs) Why is that required? And that was one of the things when I was an employee, if I didn't understand fully the reasons why we had to do something the way we had to do it, It was forever a mystery and a bone of contention for me and I didn't understand because some of those things would seem to be fairly inane, innocuous. Are they the right words? Probably not, but they sound make me sound intelligent. (laughs) They, They could be some things that were forever like, why am I doing this? And then because I didn't understand it, I would put it off and I would procrastinate around doing it because it had no value to me. Whereas, and then if I asked why and I was told just because, that's not good enough for me. It drives my husband 
mental <laughs> because I, you know, he wants to do something in the garden. I'm going, but why, why are we doing it like that? And he thinks I'm questioning him and I'm not questioning. Well, I am technically questioning him, but I'm seeking further information and it helps me to put things in place in my brain so that I can understand. And when I can understand it, I have no problem doing it. It's, I think it's an ADHD thing. Um, not everyone else is like that either, but that's just my experience. And I know there's probably a whole lot of you out there going, ah, yes. <laughs> and you'll have children that are the same too in your care. They want to know why they need to know why, because they need to categorize things in their brain, because that's just how they process stuff. So understanding your role, it's really crucial because you may be doing things that are against a service policy. And we're going to loop around back to that shortly. But you may be doing things that are against service policy and you need to understand what your commitment to your business is and you need to understand what your requirements are under the national law regulations and service policies. And I get it. It's a lot. It's a lot. But you have to do this in a centre as well. And for many of you, you are paid far and above what you would get in a centre. For that for the privilege of being able to set your own fees, for the privilege of being able to set your own hours, for the privilege of being able to work in your own home, for the privilege of being a owner, a small business owner and an owner operator of your own business, that's the price that you pay. And sorry, that's just the end of it. It's a privilege to, to do family daycare. It's a privilege to work on your own serving children and families the best way you see fit. And part of that, the payoff for that, is that there's shit you got to do that you probably don't want to do. Uh, there's so much. I didn't want to sit here all day on Saturday cross-referencing new new documentation and things that are coming out with the quality areas and looking at red nose stuff and then well if they want me to do this what impact does that have here look at quality area two quality area five geez how are we supposed to meet that if we meet this like all day saturday i sat here doing this i didn't want to do that i sat here all day yesterday drafting up emails to the department of education seeking clarity looking at things because this is my business and sometimes you have to sacrifice and do the things you don't want to do in order to have the privilege of continuing to do what you get to do every day. We just got to do it. So you have to understand your role. So your service should have like a job description or a code of conduct or something in their policies that gives you direction on all the things that you are responsible for within your role as an educator. And you should be reading that and rereading it every year and making that just file it away somewhere of your roles and your responsibilities that you need to complete, that you need to do uh, because you're an adult and you're a business owner and people shouldn't have to be chasing you up and following things up for you. You can't jump into something and earn really good money and then not commit and not pour some form of energy back into your business. Uh, just being a great educator when you're a, a solopreneur or a small business owner isn't enough. You need to have 
attention and focus onto regulatory matters, onto laws and all the policies and all that sort of stuff. You cannot expect that your service, and I am a little bit concerned with the new policies that are, are new procedures and regulations that are coming out that some services haven't quite grasped the actual impacts of this and they're not sharing that with their educators and because they're not sharing that with their educators, the educators are blindly following and trusting what their service is saying without informing themselves. And I think that's a very slippery slope for you to be in because you could potentially be put at risk for that um, and that's a scary thought. So in saying that, there are ways that you can stay informed. So it's essential that you regularly review any changes that come out, like get get on, get register yourself with the ASEQA um, newsletter. You can register yourself with your state uh, Department of Education newsletter as well. They all have Facebook pages. They've got newsletters that come out. There's weekly emails that come out advising um, of things that are happening within their department or on the federal level, what's happening there as well. Uh, there's articles of interest. There's quite often, not quite often, but sometimes they even post or do an article on um, compliance things that have have. Um, managed to get a fine along with it. So you can see the sorts of things that the department is looking at. Um, Queensland Department just sent an email out saying um, their, their focus for the next couple of years and it's all around compliance, um, which it should be because that's what they're there to do. They're there to maintain compliance. Now, one of the things that I was thinking about at the gym today, random story, I'm just going to stand my desk up because I've been sitting all day and um, there's a bit of a process involved in <laughs> standing my desk up. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw my boobs. <laughs> Lucky you. Um, or not, <laughs> depending which way you go. Uh, so when I was at the gym today, I was struck with how I can sometimes rush through workloads, how I can, you know, I, I, I see something that I perceive I don't like. Uh, like I've got very sore hamstrings from my session on Monday and I told my PT that thinking that, cool, we'll do a push-pull thing with upper body today. That would be great. And I won't have to feel pain in my legs. No, he had other plans and made me do single leg RDLs and um, lunges and <laughs> you know, squats and all these things that I was like, bro, I just told you I've got sore legs. And he's like, trust me, trust me, you'll feel better for it. And I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to. So of course I went into this mindset of, oh, I don't want to do any of this. And then I started realizing that I was rushing through, like just trying to smash it out. And I just was like, you know what? I actually that's a pattern of mine. That's something that I do. If I don't want to do something, I'll just try and do it as quick as I can. I'll procrastinate for as long as I can. And then I have no time. And then I try and do it as quick as I can. And I end up not doing the best job that I possibly could. And that frustrates me to no end because I have such high expectations. So on myself. So I really realized today that as I was going through those sets at the gym, 
I consciously slowed down because the time was going to be the time. It didn't matter how quick I did them. The time was going to be the time. The time was going to happen anyway. So why don't I instead start focusing on the minute movements and the slowing down instead of just trying to be as quick as I could? And I think this is relative when we get into an experience like now when there's changes that are afoot we don't have the certainty around what's coming and what's happening. And so we start to spiral. We get a little bit panicked. We get a little bit <laughs> thinking about things without really slowing down and really going, okay, well, I might have to make adjustments in my business to meet these new requirements. What's that going to look like? What does that actually mean in my business? What things can I put in place that are going to alleviate these potential issues that I foresee happening? What what are the things that I can do? Um, and stay tuned for next week's podcast because I'm going to start talking about that. I I have the plan for you. Of course I do. <laughs> when don't I have a plan for you or a story to tell? Um, so. This is where it comes down to that idea of staying informed. How can you do that if you don't haven't read the information yourself? How can you do that if and be confident that your service is doing the right thing for you if you haven't taken the time yourself to read these new requirements that directly impact you? So if you heard about you know, some people, and I apologize if I last Friday on the big heart to heart freaked you out. But to me, if someone gave me that news, the first thing I would go, the first thing I would do would be to go to Asequa and look at what the requirements are and read them for myself. Be really honest, who here has actually done that? Like who here has legitimately gone and looked up and read the requirements for themselves. If you haven't done that, I highly recommend that you do. And if you're someone who's asking where to find that information, that's a little bit concerning for me. Actually, it's a lot concerning for me. That to me is a big no-no. <laughs> like you're in this profession, you should know. A CEQA is the federal body. They manage the entire nation. And underneath the federal body, underneath a CEQA comes the state department. Now, each state department is looking at things very, very differently. And that is because there's been different things that have happened in different states, which then the state, just like I mentioned with approved providers before, like I am pretty full on around animals in care. And it's not to say I don't allow them because I do, but I've had an event that's happened that has made me a little bit gun shy around that. And it makes me very like, mm, I can see how easy these things are to happen. I'm willing to protect the animals in care as well as the children. 
and the educators because if a child hurts a dog, they're doing what they would naturally do and turn around and snapping, protecting themselves because that's the only thing they have available to them. So we want to protect everybody in these instances. So I I just think that educators very much need to be informed themselves and not relying on their service to be telling them what's happening because it's becoming clear that there's a lot of services who are not looking at things, I think, in the depth that they should. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they're just like, oh, well, educators, you know, the department is deferring to the key, uh, the red nose uh, recommendations. And if you've read the red nose recommendations, it will tell you for family daycare that they recommend educators do not do administrative tasks while children sleep, that they should be supervising the sleeping children. If services have not questioned the Department of Education around the practicality and the even the possibility or the impossibility of that happening, maybe they don't care. Maybe they're just like, oh, well, or they don't know that they can question the department. There's a whole lot of things. But you as an educator, you operate under the Department of Education and you have every right to ask those questions. But please inform yourself first. Like read the information, know where to find the information. You should know what a CEQA does. There's so many um, links and and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, documents and uh, templates for things that you can use. And if you get the things off a of CEQA, you know that those templates are going to meet all of the requirements because it comes from a CEQA. So you can trust that <laughs> uh, if you, you should check them every year because sometimes they get updated. Uh, but this is the whole thing. You should be familiar with these websites. You should be familiar with who does what and who's who in our zoo because it can be a bit of a zoo. Every time there's a government change, we get new ministers and blah, 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 blah. Like it's a lot, but we should be interested because this is our passion and our profession, right? We should be interested. We should be taking note of what's happening and who we are answerable to and who is answerable to us too. So stay informed, know where to look. So one of the benefits of knowing where to look up information it can't be understated. You can inform yourself, familiarise yourself with the, all the websites, the official websites and resources. Bookmark the pages on your computer and keep physical copies. Um, but make sure that you check before you use it if it's been a little while, that it's still relevant. Um, and keep copies of critical documents in a handy folder. Like, I can't express this enough. You'll see it on the social media pages. Educators will go, oh, that's a reg, when no, that's a service policy. That's not in the regulations. How many of you have actually read the regs? How many of you have actually legitimately read the regulations that you are required to act under? It's surprising how many haven't uh, and it's a little bit concerning too how many educators just go into this role, this really critical role without really truly understanding what it is that they're doing because they defer trust into other people. 
you cannot afford to do that when you are a family daycare educator. So you can subscribe, as I said earlier, to the department emails. They send lots of information out and upcoming things that are changing and happening and, and all that sort of stuff. And it will help you to be able to have critical con conversations with your service provider and other educators as well. Uh, and it will help make informed decisions for you too, uh, because you're going to be forewarned and you're also going to be knowledgeable about what's happening. Um, you know, your service may be managing 100 educators, there is a lot involved in managing 100 educators. They will get to things when they can get to things. So it's not their job to tell you of everything that's upcoming. It's your job to be informed on this stuff. So they then have to tell you when there's policy changes. That's really all they're required to do. I mean, when it's possible, obviously, it's best practice for services to inform their educators, but you should be taking that that proactive step yourself and and finding this stuff out too. Um, it's it's empowering. You are more confident in your role. When you know what's happening, when you know what's upcoming, when you know the things and you're having input from the Department of Education, both state and federal, it helps you to understand your role more. It helps you to understand the role of your approved provider. It's the professional learning that occurs when you stay up to date. Uh, and that includes Family Daycare Australia too. They will sometimes send out stuff uh, for us to be aware of as well. So um, subscribe to all those places and stay updated yourself and informed because an informed educator is an empowered educator and an empowered educator is someone who's more confident when changes happen. They're not blindsided by these changes. They're more confident that these changes are happening and that they're abreast of what's happening and they know and can plan for these things to occur within their business. So that's a really important point to consider too it helps you to be organized so if you knew that changes were coming by the first of October you could have asked questions before you could have had a plan before uh, not that there was a great deal of information around everything that was coming out the new regs won't even come out until the first of October which I just find ludicrous that services are actually asked to prepare policies and be ready to go with new regulations when the new regulations are not even printed. Like they're not even up for you to read the actual wording of the policy, of the, sorry, regulation. They don't come out until the 1st of October. Yes, there's, there's information out there about what the regulation is going to be about, but the actual wording that we can quote in our policies is not there. The actual wording of the regulation that will help us to determine exactly what to do is just not there. And I just think that is crazy. Um, and I've raised that with the department too. I just think that's how are we supposed, we're supposed to give two weeks notice to changes of policy. How do we do that if we don't even know what the actual wording of the new regulation is going to be? So it helps you to be organised when things are going to occur. 
Uh, and I think this is what educators, it comes back down to your business practices and your business skills as well. This is really important. Educators need to be organised and educators need to be on top of their businesses. This admin side of business is very important. And if you dismiss it or you're chaotic around it, I really would urge you to look at it from a different perspective and look at that as like that's where your money comes from. If your admin fails, if you don't have systems around your admin, if you don't have purpose and you don't put attention and value the admin side of your business, there is a massive hole in your bucket that you'll be hemorrhaging energy and potentially money from. It could cost you your business if you fail to be updated and in touch and informed and on top of your paperwork, it could cost you your business. So that side of the business, and I know it's probably not everybody's favourite part of business, it's definitely not mine, um, but I do what I have to do. At the end of the day, there's nobody else who can do that for me except for me. So I get it. I totally get it. You've got to do stuff that you don't like doing. Um, it's part of life. We just got to get over it and do it and make the time and include that in your fees. When you're setting your fees, include that time so that you get paid for it. Uh, so networking with peers too. This is a really important part of the conversation because I see it on social media all the time. Educators who don't understand the regulations spout off service policy or things that would put other people in breach as if they know and they don't. And you go on there and you ask on social media and you get 50 different responses and you end up more confused than what you were in the first place. This is why you have to circle back to empowering yourself. Read the regulations, read the law. Once you work out how to do it, it's not difficult. Once you work out how to do it, it's very simple and you can go and look this stuff up yourself and you don't have to ask on social media. And, in fact, you'll be able to give proper advice and suggest and tell people where to go so that they get correct information too. This is one of the things that really frustrates me the most is that people don't know what they don't know, but they talk as if they do. And it takes a lot to be able to sometimes step into the arena and it is a social media arena sometimes and go, hang on a second, this is this is not right. Like what you're saying here is not right because people will pounce on you and they don't want to sometimes hear <laughs> that actually this is the regulation and this is what it says and uh, what you're saying is not the regulation. So just being informed, but having that network of peers uh, is is really important. And we have this in my uh, Essential Elements course. Um, we network really, really beautifully. The members in there, we have fabulous Q&A conversations every month and then masterclasses every month. And we're talking about these topics and we're having these really high level quality conversations. And after every Q&A, we're just walking away going, that was such a good conversation. It was so good. I learned so much out of that. You know, we've got a variety of educators from all over Australia who are 
really engaged in their business and doing wonderful, wonderful things. So um, you had the opportunity to see Nikki and Shelby uh, on the and Christy on the um, summit, if you join the summit. Um, they're in our essential elements, not always active, but they're there in there. So <laughs> um, they've, they've done the course and they understand and they're part of that part of that cohort and membership. So having that high quality conversation is very important because you can then be informed and take that information and share that further afield too. So having that really great peer network should never be underestimated because they will also pull you up too and tell you to sit down and mm, no, you've you've misunderstood that, you know, and we all need to have that. I had I was on Zoom all day literally with Karen yesterday and we were nutting this out, but does this mean this? But what does it mean for that? How does it look like for that? What, like, can't leave this? Like, oh, now I found that and off we go. And then we go, well, what does that mean for supervision and what does that mean for this and what does it mean for that? So have, being able to have these conversations is very, very important. Um, it gives you opportunities to stay current with your training too. So a lot of the times the Department of Education will put out things that services or educators can join in, uh, free professional development. They may have magazines that you can read and articles that are of interest to educators, um, things that are upcoming. So it helps you to stay current with all of that as well uh, and once you become more informed and you feel more confident in your role, you will start seeking out more quality professional development and you'll be wanting more. You'll be wanting to look down other avenues because you, your interest is sparked and that's a great thing for family daycare and for educators because it keeps you engaged. It's really important. Um, so what it also helps you is to be able to reflect and adapt so like I said earlier, if you knew these changes were coming and you could sort of look at this information and you could go, well, that's going to have a major impact on how I run my business because I don't, I have a separate sleep room that's at the other end of my house. Currently, as of today, the 27th of September, that's okay. But come the 1st of October, that's maybe not okay. And you could think and be reflective and adaptive and look at the way you could make it work in your business instead of going up in arms oh it's ridiculous even though it is ridiculous and we're trying to <laughs> I'm working to try and turn it around it's a behemoth to try and stop the go the government but um you know at some point someone has to look at practicality sensibility and common sense and realize that we can't just stand there watching a baby sleep for two hours and ignore the other children because if we do that, we're putting the other children at risk and then if we leave the sleeping baby and we go be with the other children, we're outside of the recommendations. So it doesn't matter what we do, we're a bit stuck. So um, it, at least you could have had time to adapt your space and your environment and get a little bit creative around your thinking. And, you know, changes are always difficult and it's not always um, going to be this big either. Um, this is just the review from the uh, 2019 um, review from the NQF. Uh, and, you know, it's just... It's just what it is. And at some point, this is what business is all about. 
we have to when you when you look at businesses that market things the trends that change they have to be adaptive they have to you know the yellow pages was once the thing that you went to sorry for anyone who was born prior to the 2000s or after the 2000s you probably have no idea what a yellow pages is but uh, those of us dinosaurs that do remember not having jan um, they had to adapt. You know, Telstra had to adapt with how pe- with the in- inventation, invention, <laughs> adaption of the internet. They had to get with the program. They had to adapt. They had to change. Things change. This is the exciting part of business: is that it changes. It's you know, we get this opportunity to reflect on these things and be adaptable, and and it's a really great skill to have. And I think you know sometimes we default to the oh the oh woe is me when really we could just go oh okay so what's that going to look like now how how do I work around this how do I work within this and find that peacefulness so remember taking personal responsibility it's not just about compliance it is about striving for excellence in that really important role that you play in the lives of children so I hope you get some out of that. Uh, feel free to leave a comment or two and let me know what you thought of it because I'd be really interested to um, continue this conversation. In fact, the master uh, the masterclass that we have in the Essential Elements this month is going to be on this very topic and we'll be going further into it and, uh, yeah, having a, a really robust discussion around the importance of this and why educators need to be uh, ensuring that they are informing themselves. So on that note, my friendly friends, have yourselves a beautiful day wherever you find yourself. And I look forward to coming to you again very soon with the next issue or episode of the Big Heart to Heart podcast. Have a beautiful day and much love to you all. Thanks. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. When we work on our own, we can sometimes be in a silo. So having new perspectives and different ways of looking at things is vitally important for the growth of our individual selves and our professional selves as well. We love feedback. So if you felt compelled to share what you thought of today's podcast, we would love to read your thoughts. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps our podcast to get out to the wider community. And the more that hear what we have to share, we think the better it is. Thanks so much, friend. We'll see you next time. Till then, big love.